0: This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's principal, second violin, and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue. We also have the TSO's marketing director, Felicia Canney, and a very special guest has v- joined us on the phone, and that is David Brighton. Welcome, David. Well, hello, how are you doing? Very well, thanks. Where are you right now? You're out on the West Coast, right?
1: Yes, I'm based in Los Angeles.
0: Oh, okay. David Brighton is bringing the music of rock legend David Bowie to the Stranahan, along with the Toledo Symphony, and that is happening uh, this Saturday evening. It is on April 14th at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Stranahan Theater. We're going to talk with David all about this presentation, which is uh, really exciting. First of all, I took a quick little poll before we we got on the phone with you David and we're all terrified because we're not David Bowie aficionados here. You, you, <laughs> you, we, so if we say anything or make any missteps as far as uh, you know the Bowie experience it goes, please feel free to correct us or to set us straight. Um, I really tried to convince my wife
2: to come on to the podcast who, you know, basically yeah. has you know, has trained her son at the age of 6 to play the guitar solo from Ziggy Stardust. Really? Yes. Um, I'm not sure how good a job he did, but, you know, he tried really hard, and it was very cute on on home
1: video. Got to see that. That's awesome.
0: That's a different kind of David Bowie tribute right there. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, we've heard of, you know, Elvis impersonators or what have you. I'm wondering, what's the path to become a David Bowie impersonator? First of all, you you have to look like him, which you do, very much so.
1: (laughs) I think the path is, is a good dose of insanity. Um, <laughs> I, j- I joke. Uh, boy, this could take 29 minutes just to tell you that. Um, I started out uh, as a career guitar player, oh. playing uh, guitar for people, you know, touring, recording artists, and found that one could have, you know, months of working and then some months off, depending on who was touring and who mm-hmm. wasn't touring and so forth. And I um, somehow found my way um, portraying George Harrison with some of the original cast members from the original Broadway cast of Beatlemania, mm. that had been popular in the in you know in the late '70s and early '80s. And and I I came into this in the '90s, much later. And uh, I started portraying George Harrison for about five years, touring the world with um, this Beatles production, and uh, we. They took us to a show called Legends in Concert in Las Vegas, and they'd have an Elvis, and a Madonna, and a Michael Jackson, and so forth. You know, they had a character for for every major icon, and I I was just watching and enjoying, and I said, they don't have a David Bowie, and I'd always been a big David Bowie fan. So after I'd been touring um, for a number of years uh, as George Harrison, I thought, hmm, might be fun to put together a David Bowie show using the knowledge I've learned from these Beatles productions I'd been in. So around the year 2000, I started putting that together with a lot of incredible, incredible musicians in the L.A. area. You know, I knew a lot of people who'd been doing what I'd doing, you know, being a sideman. So I grabbed the bass player from Eddie Money, and one of the guitar players had played with berlin and gene loves jezebel and nancy sinatra and and so on you know drummers that played with the doors and jeff beck and etc who all loved bowie and and we put this act together and um we've been working very hard ever since
0: now don't you have to do some kind of legal wrangling to portray you know a living person on the stage which he was at the time
1: there are laws that one must adhere to um you're not I found that out very early. Uh, I met with David Bowie's keyboard player, who was very gracious and actually <laughs> gave me some of the transcriptions for his, his very difficult keyboard playing oh, cool. for uh, me to pass along to our piano player. And uh, he said, just make sure you don't say you're David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because if you're playing in South America somewhere and you say you're David Bowie, then you're going to get in trouble. Uh. But playing the music, playing the music, wearing the costumes is fully legal and as long as the royalties are paid you know under the right circumstances and, and all of that but we are very respectful this is a uh, and we have no desire you know to do anything that is not above boards
0: well if you, you can call yourself david b or you can say uh-huh. i'm david b brighton and <laughs> <right? laughs> see what kind of uh, what kind of an effect that makes well, it's really exactly. interesting. I mean, David Bowie is somebody who went through lots of different, um, you know, lots of different stages in his career and different personae. And I'm wondering, how how do you approach that? I mean, what was your first iteration of David Bowie? Were you Ziggy Stardust? Were you, you know, a little bit later <laughs> on?
1: Well, the very first time we did the show, and we modeled this after Beatlemania, because Beatle, the Beatles went through various stages as well. And so I learned from the Beatle groups I, I worked with, you know, where to, to put costume changes. And we started out the show with about three different costumes, where I'd start yes. out the show in the Ziggy Stardust era, and we'd transition into what I would call the fame era, mm-hmm. where he's wearing the, uh, the black vest and the white shirt, and then we'd transition into the Let's Dance look. And currently, we, it all matters on, it uh, depends on how many, how much time there is, because I usually do the costume changes, either during a video or during instrumental sections. So I'll do anywhere from two costumes and um, two more, just depending on, yeah. on how much room there is.
0: Yeah. I, I want to play just a little clip, if you don't mind, from your YouTube channel. of Please. Uh, And and so people can just get a sense of what it is that you do. I mean, if you go to YouTube and look up David Brighton and and look at his videos, I mean, the resemblance is uncanny and, and the way that you move and the way that you carry yourself on the stage. But this is what it sounds like. things that i love is that you you sound authentically like somebody who has a british accent doing an american accent
1: <laughs>
0: you, you know what i'm saying
1: there's <laughs> a funny story there uh, thank you i guess what does one say to that uh,
0: um, yeah thank you <laughs> it,
1: well i meant it as a compliment it, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, i know i'm just joking we um you know i grew up on on, on english rock, you know, grew up listening to the Beatles and the Who and Stones and Bowie and and all of that, and when, when I was in Originals bands, and we were making our own records, and and not making him enough money to live on. <laughs> the critics, uh, you know, I, I used to get criticized by saying, this sounds like an American who's trying to sound like an Englishman who's trying to sound like an American. <laughs> In other words, that, so that you hit English a nerve, thing. Good job. <laughs> even when I tried not to sound English, there was just sort of that, ing- there was just so much English influence, you know. That, yeah. and, and you said it differently, of course, but, I mean, there was...
0: Well, what I was getting at is that you had some of the, sort of the, the, the inflection of his voice modeled... Uh, very well you could hear that and the tune and the way that he pronounces some of the words i, I thought was exactly yeah
1: on. yeah we worked very hard on that and and since i grew up on that that wasn't too difficult but what mm-hmm. was difficult when i was doing original music was getting that out and people like the record companies used to say you sound too much like david bowie and <laughs> even and the and when we, you know, we made a record, somebody said, you know, a critic said, it sounds too much like David Bowie. <laughs> so that was one of the reasons that when I'd been. Doing the the Beatles thing, and uh, that's one of the reasons I thought about trying a Bowie thing because it's a complaint I always got. <laughs> Dude, you sound too much like David Bowie, not, and I try not to. You know, <laughs> like, so okay, well, you sound like a guy if who sounds like he's trying not to sound like him. Knock it up. So, and then, and then the visuals. You know, hiring uh, somebody to to help me with wigs and makeup and so forth helped complete that as well. Well, I
0: I can just say that, you know, you sound nothing like David Bowie right now on the phone.
1: (laughs) Right. And I wouldn't look like him if you saw me at this moment, but the, what? Basic, the basic bone structure is the same, of course, but, you know, uh, they're putting on the right wig, you know, because we have wigs that are exact duplicates of, of different haircuts, and yeah. it's it's crazy how much, you know, putting on a wig changes your appearance. It's really strange. But Well, what is the yeah.
0: reaction, what do you get, reaction from audiences? I mean, do you think they're looking at you and they're into it and they're just letting themselves be swept up in the fantasy that, yeah, we're watching David Bowie, I mean, first of all tell us a little bit about how the audience you know treats you and then maybe if there are any saucy spicy stories out there about audience interaction (laughs) I want to hear about
1: it. Okay great question well the goal is to take people back in time and and to get the illusion across that's my goal Um, it's not we don't want to you know be a bar band playing david bowie songs we want people to actually feel like they're they are there mm-hmm. so um we do i do put on the character the musicians put on the characters of, of the bowie musicians and um some uh, there are some bowie fans bowie's got a really intelligent audience first of all and um There are some some people that will sit there with their arms folded and go. Let's see, this guy thinks he can imitate David (laughs) Bowie. We're going to rip him to shreds. And I've had them come up to me after the shows and just think "Uh, we we were ready, you know, to strangle you or hang you. But after, you know, and then we saw the show and can we buy you an ice cream cone? (laughs) Uh,
0: Really, an ice cream cone?
1: I'm I'm kidding. Uh, But but what I mean is, is, like, they they were not disappointed and and they were very happy. And so we we run into to. The tough sells occasionally, but the the basic the like and this happened with David Bowie's own people. It's like we were contacted by David Bowie's webmaster, you know, his official webmaster early on, saying, you know, we we see that you're really making the effort here, and we want to you know support you guys. And, and they started posting our gigs, and eventually I even had the opportunity to work with David Bowie himself doing a television commercial. So they were always very supportive, and again, they they realized and. A, appreciate the fact how much effort we were putting into this and that's where the insanity comes in you know a normal person why would you take this much effort (laughs) but you know we were passionate about it we love the music and we love the show and it is incredibly fun so I think the audience enters into that and they appreciate it from, yeah. You know, okay, you, you can't ever be someone else. You're yeah. never going to look exactly or sound like somebody else. But the people, I think, appreciate the effort that's gone into it and the hard work and the dollars. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> did
0: kind of did you draw... Costume. W- was it a different uh, sort of audience from when you were George Harrison?
1: Slightly different. I mean, it's still an English music-loving audience, Um yeah. A lot of Americans and, and Canadians and people all over the world you know, grew up on the British invasion. However, um, it's slightly different because, like I said, Bowie's music and lyrics are, are really sophisticated and, and really varied. He's played every style of music under the sun, and actually the Beatles did that, too, and they paved the way for him to do it. But it's slightly different. Um, he also has gone out on a lot of limbs, and so he attracts a very eclectic audience all kinds of different people, yeah. because he's had a glam era, and an, like, an industrial era, and a dance mm-hmm. and a pop era, and an experimental music era, and he's covered so many bases that he's got a, an enormous audience that's very diverse. So I probably <laughs> talked for 89 minutes just now, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, nope, we still got some more time to go.
2: Well, I was wondering... <laughs> how- you, we were talking a bit, a bit about how, kind of like the feel with the audience. Did you maybe notice a change, kind of after 2016? You know, like huge. You know, like yeah. all of a sudden, is this le- does it almost become almost like a celebration of a life? Is there is there just a completely different feeling in the hall? Well,
0: I imagine some fans felt even more. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, like the pressure yeah. was on even more for you, yeah. I guess, to satisfy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I that's very the, both things you both said were very very descriptive of what actually is because you, the pressure is on and yes, initially like we did a show the same week that the news came out. Oh wow. And people were just bawling and and then by the end of the night everyone's holding hands and arms around each other c- celebrating. And mm-hmm. so very healing cathartic situation and um it's very emotional, very, very emotional. So it is a community of people who this music means an incredible amount to, who uh, come together and heal together and celebrate together. And as you said, there was one review when we played in, in Canada where a <laughs> gentleman was, was saying, okay, we're in the audience this guy better be good again, or we're going to destroy him. <laughs> and
0: uh, <laughs> nothing worse than a David M- Bowie mob, you know, with the pitchforks and the torches. It, his it,
1: his 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 review was was actually really well written, and I just remember re- reading the first few lines, going, "Oh no, guy going to eat us for dinner." Um, but he's just saying, you know, you got to be either really brave or really stupid to impersonate David Bowie. And so, and that's how he started. And then by the end of it, he's he's being very, very, very supportive and complimentary. So again another yeah. illustration of so we have to, yeah, we, yeah you can't make a mistake doing David Bowie <laughs> 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 but anyway he he was great he wrote a great, great review, he just let us know in the beginning that he it wasn't going to be an easy sell for him so I transgressed there, sorry about that
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> well you mentioned how you, you came to this originally as a guitarist and like yes. one of the things that's amazing with David Bowie is he played everything i mean he played saxophone he played viola he played cello he played all all of these like you know thumb harp <laughs> all like so um like are you i mean it's one Yeah, of because things.
0: when you come to the symphony now, all the classical fans are going to be like, oh, I hope he plays the viola.
2: I really... <laughs> see, I kind of
0: do. I feel like all of a sudden you have these extra instruments.
2: I would love to hear David Bowie play the viola <laughs> in concert. <laughs> he better pull a out that thumb harp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if there's no thumb harp, I'm out of here.
2: But do you well, do you do anything besides sing, sing and play guitar and do, on the concerts, or do you... or or was that something that kind of you? You decided to just kind of concentrate on the vocals.
1: Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, I, I do what he did in concert, and that is a big enough challenge for any human who's yeah. not David Bowie. Yeah. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. uh, because what he did, uh, he did play a of uh, various instruments um, in the studio. However, mm-hmm. on stage. He occasionally would pick up a guitar, mm-hmm. but he fronted his his bands mm-hmm. and was a consummate performer. And his array of performance skills uh, was incredibly vast. And this is something I learned watching him when we did the commercial, just watching him off camera doing all sorts of performance bits that none of us had ever seen him do before, things that he didn't do in, in his uh shows or didn't do in movies or commercials that he was in this this guy had a repertoire of performance skills that was beyond i i most people in rock music okay. so i have spent i don't know how many hours studying what he did on stage his movements his his gestures his mannerisms and everything and that's what besides singing and so forth that's what i do on stage is what he did on stage so i hope you're not disappointed about the (laughs) instrumentation because it will be covered by your incredible orchestra and the incredible musicians but uh he actually didn't do that on stage
2: how how often have you performed the show with orchestra
1: Uh, not enough we've only a few times to be honest we're just branching out into that now and um it is an incredible experience to hear it all performed live because my band has been performing for since the year 2000 mm-hmm. and all of that is done with synthesizers you know the orchestration mm-hmm. so it is an incredible Experience having it done with actual live strings, horns, etc.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned the Beatles and then uh, David Bowie, sort of picking up that that idea of symphonic rock music. I mean, exactly. The Beatles incorporated a lot of classical little riffs and things here and there into their music, and David Bowie's music even attracted you know classical composers, people like Philip Glass, who wrote an entire symphony based on an album of David Bowie.
1: Isn't that incredible? Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and so there's something I think very symphonic about it even though these are rock songs, but they are as you say sophisticated mm-hmm. in, in their creation and in their employment. Um, I know that the Toledo Symphony a couple of seasons ago, they did the low symphony. No, we did Heroes. Oh, Heroes Symphony. Yeah, sorry. Awesome. I was confused. And actually okay.
2: Philip Glass is coming up with Lodger in maybe 2019. I think they're actually going to he's going to complete the ch- trilogy. okay so that's it's never been heard but i think i think low heroes and lodger will all be philip glass symphonies as well as you know iconic albums
0: wow
1: well that is amazing i'd love to hear that well the yes bowie's music was a mixture of classical uh, of pop of rock blues uh, dance music everything and he he spent a lot of time listening to classical music and um there is a huge classical influence in his in his songwriting. Mm.
0: Did you have any uh classical influence on you growing up?
1: You know, I grew up in a musical family and I was surrounded by classical music and uh, <laughs> show music, rock music. I I steered once the Beatles <laughs> came out uh and the, the any generation that came after the Beatles <laughs> was was of course influenced by that. Yeah. But um but yes, you know, I heard classical music in the house from day one, I could bore you to tears with with everything. I, and my, no. Both my sisters were classical pianists, and one oh, yeah. of my sisters is an opera singer. So yes, really? I, uh, it was all around me. Yep.
0: Talk a little bit about, you, you've mentioned a couple of times that commercial you did with David Bowie. What, what was the commercial for?
1: It, they used it for Vittel uh, no. mineral water, no. French mineral water, and they also used it for his reality CD that, that was just about to come out when they did the commercial. What was your so, role in that? What, what they did is they'd have David Bowie walking around from room to room in a house as he looked at the time, and then he'd see his different incarnations in each room. And I played all of the different looks. <laughs> and what they would do to make it uh, on some of it, like in other words, I'd be Ziggy Stardust in one room, and I'd be the thin white Duke in another room, and then I'd be the clown that you know from one of his videos in another. And a couple of looks where you really saw the face, and they wanted to make sure no one could tell that it wasn't Bowie they would um with computer graphics they would superimpose his the pupils from his eyes because they're both different yeah. oh, right. he's got a di- he's got a permanent or i'm sorry I talk like he's still with us uh, in my mind, he still is yeah. um, but, he, but he had a dilated pupil, and they'd um they'd change my jawline a bit uh, to look more like his and so forth.
0: Well his so, eyes were different colors, right.
1: Yeah, they were different. Yeah. Yeah. One of his pupils was permanently dilated, and so it gave it an appearance that it was a different color. Mm. Mm. And um, that was my job. And uh, and talk about (laughs) (laughs) nerve-wracking, having the person that you're, you know, impersonating being there watching you, that was even more...
0: What, what terrifying. Was, did he? Did you interact with him at that point? Where you like a
1: tiny bit. He was, yeah. and he was a perfect English gentleman. And um, yes, he was great. And, and again, like I said, they were. He and his camp were already aware of us. That's why I was there doing the job. Yeah. Um, but
0: he—he um, was remarkable.
1: Uh, I even found out during that shoot that he had a photographic memory. So <laughs> it's just a remarkably talented human being.
2: I'm curious, you've spoken a lot about the the different incarnations of David Bowie. Do you have a favorite one or a favorite costume?
1: Well, for me, uh, what I call the thin white Duke era is when he was wearing the black vest, Mm -hmm. black trousers and the white shirt and uh, red and blonde streaked hair. Uh, For some reason, I really like that one. Uh, They're all good and the crowd loves them all, Mm -hmm. uh, but I really like that one. I don't know for some reason even though I'm not I would never dress like any of any of the things that he wore (laughs) (laughs) I, I just that's just not you know that's just not how I dress but I I just really enjoy that one maybe the most but they're all great yeah.
2: Well, we're encouraging our audience members to come dressed up, and uh, <laughs> we've he- even had on social media um, a costume contest just to win a, a pair of, of tickets to the concert. And we've had some really wonderful costumes. Oh, Good wow. idea. Oh yeah. So I'm. Yeah. So look for you your should uh, contest, David. <laughs> you, you should enter the contest, David. You
0: should enter. Am I <mad> to? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Get a I couple of to, tickets.
0: I get, if
1: I could get free tickets, that would be amazing. Cause then I could out <laughs> the audience and watch while I'm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we did a, a couple shows on the East Coast that there were two people in the audience wearing exact w- replicas of one of the costumes, and <laughs> I was watching as those and they were really expensive replicas. They were really mm. good because these costumes, each one costs. A thousand or two thousand to get made. You know they're expensive, and I thought, "Wow, these people are dedicated. (laughs) They're
0: serious." Yeah,
1: I was hired also to do a wedding, and the gentleman, the groom, I saw him a few hours before the wedding, and he had he was dressed in a suit and wearing you know had long hair, and then at the wedding. He had a red Ziggy Stardust haircut, and it was a, he had had his hair cut and dyed, and he was wearing a Ziggy Stardust outfit that was an exact lep- replica of what Bowie wore on such and such a tour. Yeah. And I thought, you did all that in a few hours? And <laughs> anyway, it was amazing. It was amazing.
0: Now, was tell the truth. Tell the truth. Have you, have you ever been tempted, like even on Halloween, to, go out, to put on the whole regalia and, and go out into the world and just see what kind of reaction you get?
1: Humiliation, um, my <laughs> daughter asked me to do that last year. I have a thirteen year old daughter, and i don 't remember do how it? I got out of it i th- I got out of it somehow I think i had to i had a gig come up or something <laughs> like, oh. she really, she also wanted me to come to her class and and do a song for her class you know in costume and i i haven 't gone i haven 't walked into seven eleven yet dressed like that yeah. but, but we were doing the show somewhere, and it was um We were dressed up in the glam era and one of um my guitar players had to go use the you know the public restroom before the show in his glam outfit (laughs) (laughs) and he he got in a large venue you know and he got some looks (laughs) (laughs) but obviously they knew that the show was going on in the building but no i have not yet i have not yet (laughs) if you want me to i'll go to the deli uh, um the day of the show and see what happens
0: I still think huh. you just need to enter that costume contest. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Toledo Symphony at, at uh, Twitter, right? <laughs>
1: it's on Facebook. At, at I'll
0: Toledo make you Symphony. a deal.
1: Yeah. If, you guys, if you guys all do it, I will do it. <gasps> well, you have <gasps> oh, to supply gosh. the just costumes. Okay. Yeah. I have a we have dress time. Up.
0: <laughs> this would be a great kind of peripheral, you know, halftime show where people can come up and, and model costumes.
1: Actually, yes. Yeah, it would. It would. Yeah. Good idea.
0: Give us a sense of uh, what we're going to see with the symphony. I mean, is it your normal set? Are you doing anything special with the with the symphonic, you know, background? What, what's the arc of the show like for people who are not familiar?
1: Well, a great thing with this show and with the incredible Windborne Band is um, we get to do a lot of his Bowie's orchestrated stuff that you might not normally see at a, at a typical rock mm. Bowie concert and. As I said, Bowie did uh, a lot of classically based um, music, a song called Life on Mars. that has got incredible, incredible string parts. Uh, and Rock and Roll Suicide is another. And we delved in deeply into the catalog, into a lot of numbers like that. It's a very rounded set list. You know, that, mm-hmm. like I said, we were able to actually do live a lot of the music that normally wouldn't happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah.
2: Do you do you go chronologically? Do you basically get almost that forty-year, forty-five-year arc, or or do you not exactly? Not
1: exactly. Yeah. Not exactly. Um, that that was a decision we made early on. I think that you can build, and he did the same thing live.
0: Um,
1: you can you can build the best show that has the best beginning, middle, and end when when you don't go exactly chronologically.
0: Yeah. How lucky was it that your name is David? same initials you could get you could have you know all of your david bowie stuff monogrammed and and you could just wear it out in your
1: day-to-day life great idea well i will i will admit i did not have it planned again when i started out in the music field i had no intention of impersonating anyone however uh it's it's been amazing it's it's been incredibly fun And I get to play with some of the best musicians on the planet, and we will get to do so in Toledo. So I look forward to playing with your amazing symphony.
0: David Brighton is bringing the magic and the music of the rock legend David Bowie that's this weekend happening Saturday evening at uh, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Stranahan Theater. More information at ToledoSymphony.com. Or you can call up their box office. That is 419-246-8000. My thanks, of course, to David Brighton for joining us on the phone. Thanks also to Merlin Sue and to Felicia Canny. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. This has been Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.